It's April 11th, 1998, and The Way by Fastball is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Hello, and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav. I'm Al. I'm Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April of 1994. Today we'll be talking about The Way, the first single from Fastball's sophomore album, All the Pain Money Can Buy. The Way spent seven weeks at the top of the Modern Rock chart. Fastball wow. time. What a... Y'all ready? What a... Ready for fastball? What a thing that we just heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just all listened to the song together <laughs> in the same room for the first time. Holding hands. Yep. It's fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked this one when I was a kid, but I just is so tired at this point. Uh, I don't know why it's more tired out than uh, than other songs that we've heard a thousand times from this time period, but this one's uh, it, it feels tired. Elevator music. Uh, could could be. Yeah. No, I feel, I, I feel the same way. Uh, and I, I I remember feeling kind of excited about it as a kid, and feeling like this spoke to me in some way where I was like, uh, I, I don't know, like I I got this song. I got the song. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everybody else got it, but I really got it, you know? Um, and I had no reason to think that. And I don't know why I thought that looking back because it's just not really anything. I, I think I remember feeling like it was uh, um, like everybody loved to talk about how this was based on a, a real story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that real story was, but like people just like oh leaving some... their lives to do something. I don't know. I thing, thought I maybe? read it was something about an old couple mm-hmm. leaving, and did they get murdered or something like that? Or no, are they turned so, out missing? Or so Leela and Raymond Howard, uh, an older couple from Texas. Um, she had Alzheimer's and he was recovering from brain surgery and they, uh, they disappeared and, um, no one knew where they were for a couple days. They searched the couple's residence and they found that their hearing aids had been left behind and there were clothes folded up and ready to pack that they probably had meant to pack, but didn't. And they didn't leave any food or water for their cat. And uh, so people were worried, and then uh, a short time later, they found that the couple had 
uh, driven off of a cliff together and died. Wow. Oh, so you would say that was the long version of saying that they made up their minds and they started packing something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they won't make it home, but they really don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Scalzo or Scalzo, uh, heard that story and he, he wrote a romanticized take on what happened. He says he pictured them taking off to have fun like they did when they first met. Um, he did not know that the couple had died until after he had already written the song. <laughs> he should have checked his notes. That's Jeez. incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, the verses are minor, chorus is major. There is mm-hmm. a nice uplift that happens, I think, when they hit that chorus. Chorus is catchy. It's like, it's a fine catchy yeah. melody yeah there is absolutely nothing wrong with this song right I, I, I think right yeah it's not bad it's not um yeah this is kind of a classic late 90s move i can think of a couple of songs that do this where the first verse is run through a filter mm-hmm. to kind of make it sound like it's in black and white and then the song turns to color mm-hmm. later on um, Frank Sinatra, the first song on Fashion Nugget by Cake, uh, does that. And the first song on Color and the Shape by uh, Foo Fighters does that oh. also. I couldn't tell you what the what the name of the song is. Um, the one song about, that William something Goldsmith... Something about my bad luck. The one song that William Goldsmith was allowed to keep his drum take on. <laughs> William Goldsmith? The drummer the from... The author of Lord of the Flies? No, that's Piggy. <laughs> that's Piggy's memoirs. Uh, William Golding. Never yes. mind. Okay. William Golding. Are you talking, um, about, the... you're talking about Doll? Right. Doll, that's the name yeah, of the doll song. Doll me up in my bad luck. Yeah, that song. Yeah. Uh, wait. So did um, did Dave redo the drums on the whole on... album? Yeah, Batista. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, we were talking about Dave Batista in the green the room. The better, <laughs> the better Dave, perhaps is is Dave yeah, Batista. Who do you prefer between Dave. Batista and Girl? <laughs> oh my God! Not even close. Wait, uh, my king is my king on. is Batista. Hold on, Mary, fuck, kill, <laughs> Girl, <laughs> Batista, Matthews. <laughs> uh Mary Batista for sure. Jeez uh, Louise. I'll marry Matthews. I'll ma- I'll marry yeah. Dave Matthews. I'll fuck Dave Batista and I'll kill Dave Grohl. Yeah, I would probably fuck Dave Batista, uh marry Dave Matthews and kill Dave Grohl. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I will I will kill Dave Grohl. <laughs> In this imagination. Yes, in this, uh, yes. No. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Jesus. Like, hypothetically. Chill out. Chill out, listeners. <laughs> Don't jump to any conclusions here. Anyways. The FB- FBI watch list. Um, am I wrong to feel like there's a little bit of Elvis Costello in this guy's voice? No, I... I- We'll we'll get there. I mean, like one of the few things I have to say about the whole album is that that is that is there. There's there's definitely Costello references throughout, okay. for sure. Yeah. 
Um, this is going to be a thrill. My uh, my memory of this album is that I was in Greenville, South Carolina, visiting my grandparents, and then I I uh, I think for the rest of my spring break or whatever it was, uh, I played this computer game on in his basement, and I listened to this album. And I couldn't remember what the game was. And so yesterday it was like itching my brain. And I looked all over the internet trying to figure out what this game was. And I just remembered that it was this thing where it's like an overhead view and you go and collect keys and you try to open up puzzles. And I even tried to post my first ever Reddit post because there's a Reddit group called uh, On the Tip of My Joystick that's specifically for people to try to figure out like, hey, there's this video game I played and I can't remember what it was. And I posted on it, and it was immediately trashed because it didn't fit whatever the moderator's constraints were. But I figured it out shortly afterwards, and I'm pleased to tell you it's a game called Chips Challenge, and it was in the best of Microsoft Entertainment Pack, which would explain why my grandpa had it on his computer. That's my, that's my, that's my fastball cool. story. Thank you. Also, I can just say real quick... Uh, Butta performed the way in the infamous middle school talent show <laughs> where, where you uh, said, do I make you horny baby? Where I said, do I make you horny yeah, baby? Yes. That, what, at, oh, that, it was in the middle of the way that you said no, that? No, that was in the middle of it's all been done by oh, Bare Naked okay. Ladies. But we also performed the way and every morning by um, Sugar Ray and a little bit of uh, My Own Worst Enemy by Lit with the guitar lick being played by a saxophone. God, you really had some good, some time to work well, with Well, I think that we, we played one and then we got invited back for another one. So I think there were actually two. Oh. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's funny wrong. that you said Elvis Costello. The thing that jumps out to me about this is that they're doing a super drag cosplay huh everything about it is super drag to the max um he's got the the long sideburns like the super drag guy did in the early 90s it just looks like a very corporate watered down version of somebody who heard sucked out in 1994 and said all right time to get to work and took two years to make an album and um came up with this Hmm. Now keep in mind, this is their second album. Yeah, that's true. Good point. And and we their talked first about album this... was a lot more power pop or it, like uh, mm. like uh, bar chords power. Chords. Yeah, and 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 it was maybe even a little more exciting based on the little bit of of sample that I heard from it. I think so. Yeah, and this is like <laughs> we gotta tone it down a little bit here and make it more. Uh, uh, approachable for the masses, yeah. and uh, they did that. And I can't tell you any of the songs from the album. Uh, I can't distinguish them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's literally no difference from any of the songs, other than the the other single from this album. Mm-hmm. Everything sounds like which one? There, there are a couple other singles. Oh, so I only know the one that was like kind of popular. That was out of um, my head. Out of my head. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, recently. Uh, other than that, every other song on this album sounds like a 
calculated yeah sort of like um so like somebody did some some formulas and came up with these songs and we're like here yeah this is it and it's it, like nothing behind it it's really like, soulless it's, it's really stale and just like yeah i i liked and, uh fire escape the other what the the other other single um i liked that song it's just kind of like a power poppy all rock song um but yeah I'm, yeah which is like the second song too right yeah. so like you start out with the way and you're like okay this is this is the hit you start out with the you know track one that's the hit cool and then you go to track two and like fire escape is like kind of like probably the next best song maybe the best song in the album actually i would say i it's the song i like the most for sure yeah Yeah, and it's 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 good, mm-hmm. and so you're like, okay, maybe this is gonna be good, mm-hmm. and then like the more time passes, the more you're just like, uh, beyond that, it just I, gets really. What is what, yeah. what are we doing here? Ah, oh. yeah, I liked it fine as a kid. I I owned it, and uh, you owned it. I liked it fine, but yeah, um, but it doesn't. Uh, it did it, on on re-listen. Uh, aside from yeah, fire escape, uh, there wasn't really anything that that worked for me. So to be Did totally you... honest, I never listened to this as a kid, and I couldn't make it all the way through <laughs> this. Yeah, this time I, I mean, I, I, I like checked out each song, but like half of the songs, I just couldn't even like listen to the whole song. It, yeah, it wasn't like they, offensively they, they can... bad or anything. It was no, just like no, ugh, just it's I would nothing. rather I would rather it have been offensively bad. You know, <laughs> like it would have been yeah. more exciting and interesting. It's just like yeah. not interesting. Yeah, Quilla, yeah. do you like do you like floored by Sugar Ray more than this album? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's like like there are like bad moments, right? There are probably for floored. There are probably one or two songs on this album that I like better than any song off of Floored. And but, for, and Floored is a better album. But Floored like, is absolutely. like a real like roller coaster it's, where it's like yeah, it's, it's either like more, good or it's terrible. I, and I mean, like good give is me a give me that. For me, Make me like, feel something. It's interesting. It's it's yeah, fun in it's like chaotic nature, you know? Like it was definitely more interesting of an of an experience prepping for that episode and listening through to that album than it was for this. Like, yeah, just total total snoozer. Yeah, I could not get my bearings for this at all, and I still I I have nothing to say. Mm. Like I, <laughs> I I can't think of another album where I mean maybe like the primitive radio gods. Uh, song and album where I was just like yeah I, I listened to this and I, I don't know what to say about it like yeah. nothing happened yeah I thought that better than Ezra album was was one of our more nondescript albums yeah I, for me it was I was gonna say that and the um, Soul Asylum album too yeah yeah um, both like very, great answers just kind of yeah. bland um, yeah well do we want to just 
I mean, just kind of. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know what to say about anything. We had mentioned in our last episode that we're heading into a series of sad Smash Mouth videos. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> uh, definitely the case with what's going on here. Again, we had that, that super saturated color. Yep. Um, they're just driving in a convertible and singing the song and playing the song. And then these flamenco dancers come out and do dance moves. And uh, suddenly they're on like an Ed Sullivan-ish kind of uh, show set with choreographed 60s dancers it looks so much like walking in the sun the the entire aesthetic <laughs> of it again and isn't uh isn't the band also like as separate characters like watching this stuff on a tv like yeah on like a, a city street somewhere like outside of a store yeah, like a department store yeah or something like that yeah it's like they're they're um uh, walking on the sun, but they're driving off a cliff. Um, <laughs> you might as well be driving off a cliff. So, alternate, alternate title. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had previously, I think talked about, uh, I mean, I liked this band well enough that I had bought their first album, make your mama proud back in, I don't know, high school or late middle school. And there, there were some much more fast-paced kind of power chord kind of pop songs that hmm. uh, I think still do appeal to me a, a decent amount. I think I, I don't remember if we had talked about the song "Human Torch." I think we had. It was on the American Werewolf in Paris soundtrack too, but it's super fast-paced. There, are like, like just hooky section after hooky section. There's very little repetition, really. Um, so this band does have the chops to pull off that kind of stuff. It just seems like they, they chose to go in a much more tame direction. This song also, and maybe this album, I think um, in our narrative of this podcast, this kind of starts, I, I think, a heavy section of um, songs and albums and artists that appeal to, like, adult alternative, like, mm -hmm. kind of, like, softer... Um, uh, I I don't know how else you would describe it, but like less, less heavy, less rocking, not fun and upbeat and silly like ska or pop punk or anything like that. Just like kind of like that, like um, 
Tonic Matchbox 20, um, yeah. like, you know, later Goo Goo Dolls, like, kind of softer alternative rock sound. Like, I, I feel like this is kind of where a stretch of, like, I think we'll be touching on a lot of this kind of thing. Um, yeah. move, moving It's forward. what it is now. Like, we're, like, on the other side at this point. Like, yeah. 97, we talked about a lot of, like, transitional kind of things where it was, like... 96 was pushing it but 97 it was like this in between kind of like no man's land and now we're on the other side of that where it's like this has nothing to do with nirvana this has nothing to do with like the alternative rock of like 1994 and 1995 this is this is something totally different and um it is yeah, it's it's you know whatever record label was trying to figure out how to sell records, they were, you know, looking to bands like, what's the name of the band we're talking about? Fastball. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. it was Slow Cube. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. It's just like, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, Slow yeah. Cube, you got it. You got a hit. You could sell. Yeah. It, yeah, it was just this like clueless sort of like give us some some alternative songs with guitars and like yeah it was because it was so aimless and sort of like i don't know there there was nothing behind it there was no motivation or anything and so um yeah maybe that's the reason that it turned into new metal because you know (sighs) Nobody had anything to say. There's no, they're not saying anything on this album. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Marcy the... Playground was saying anything, and I don't think Semisonic was saying anything. Not spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler but alert. But like, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, there were like out of, out of ideas with like this sort of alternative grunge thing. So like, it's got to morph into Godsmack and, <laughs> um, you know, corn and, Lincoln Park and things where yeah. they're they're at least angry and they have like mm-hmm. a point, yeah. you know. And Blink One Eighty Two just with their goofiness yeah. and and yeah. speed even is yeah. uh, cuts a cuts a a line through this. Yeah, it just feels like all of the jagged edges have been just. Yeah, off. that's a great way to put it. And I, I mean, I will say, I do think this is better than Matchbox Twenty. Like, I do think this is better mm-hmm. than some of that stuff, but not not much. Not much better. Do you guys want to hear what uh, Robert Kreskow had to say about this? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Sure. <laughs> Here's his review on his consumer guide. Um, this was from uh, December 1st, 1998, in The Village Voice. Um, we just wanted to make a personal statement with our music ever. These three Austinites with a sincere look in their eyes. I don't know if that was a typo or like what it was supposed to actually be saying, but, and so they yoke Popcraft worthy of three dog night, the doobie brothers, <laughs> perhaps even matchbox 20 to lyrics that speak of the dark things, institutionalization, methadone, Lovers left bleeding, highways going nowhere, and quite a few times their own inordinate, inordinate careerism. Is that personal enough for you? 
C plus. <laughs> C what? C plus. He gave it a C plus rating. Oh, C plus. Can that, I, the, that was like, look, I'm over that guy and yeah. I hate everything he has yeah. to say, but that was more exciting than yeah. listening to yeah. the album. Hold on, though. I have another review of his to read, actually. That, okay, good. Okay. Let, let's see if you can guess. <laughs> let's see if you can guess who this is about. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. If the scruffy yokels, <laughs> if the scruffy yokels of jars of clay are tent preachers, <laughs> these hunky moderns are televangelists. Their well-riffed queen homage, the musical equivalent of Tammy Faye Baker's false eyelashes, considered sinful excess in an earlier era, claimed for Christ now that it is known not to herald the end time. Reports that they have something, anything to do with rap, are apparently based on the presence of a certified all cap, well not all caps, but uh, proper noun black person, in the group instead they do up a jolly ska tune whose love object is shall we say not female and address a generally a generically uh whiny sarcastic selling out put down to collective soul trumping their assertion of spiritual superiority by insisting that they still quote love and quote their backsliding brothers they should remember 1 Corinthians 13.4. <laughs> Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. C. <laughs> also also better than this fastball album. I have no idea. Um, is, it, is it P.O.D.? No, no. Oh, that's too bad. That's DC Talk, baby. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, their their 1998 sense. album Supernatural. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Just uh. Found a link to the to this random Chris Gow review, and I saw that there was a DC Talk review, and I just died <laughs> died reading that. Like, Great. It was fantastic. <laughs> Good to include here. Mm. <laughs> So fast. Yeah, I don't. Other, uh, <laughs> I was yeah, gonna go say, ahead. I just just as long as we don't have to talk about this album, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just say maybe another sentence or two. Miles Zuniga is the other songwriter. Yeah. They basically split things fifty fifty. So Miles does Fire Escape, which we all like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony Tony did the only other um, uh, song to chart, which was Out of My Head. However, it may roll. Give it a spin, see if you can somehow factor in. You know there's always more than one way to say exactly what you mean to say. Was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind? How could I have ever been so blind? I was waiting for an indication. It was hard to find. Don't matter what I say. God, out of my head hit it in a really weird time where I I felt very um, like much on an island where, you know, it was pre-Napster, so I didn't have access to everything. I was probably into like emo and like initial records catalogs and stuff like that and getting a bunch of stuff. But like it, it wasn't like you could just like exclusively do that. So. I think I was like probably a junior or a senior in high school. And there was this in between sort of like 
like purgatory of music really. And, um, you know, I would drive to school and listen to the radio and it would play this. And I would be like, this is, I guess maybe the best I can hope for (laughs) like that. Like, like, I, I don't know that I even have like a fondness for it, but I, it's something maybe akin to that. Hmm. Yeah, I liked Out of My Head a lot when I was a kid, but it doesn't do anything for me now. I remembered that song title, but when I listened to the song, I did not I did not recognize it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very simple Beatles-esque. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's got its appeal. Ba- ballad-ish, right? Like, it's a little bit yeah. Uh, softer. Yeah. Yeah, so that went to Adult Alternative number 14, Pop number 20... Uh, wait, uh, Hot 100, number 20, Pop Mainstream, uh, Top 40, number 8. Yeah. Um, so interesting, no modern rock uh, chart. Yeah, out of right. Head. So that would have been a 96.3, 95.5 thing. Right, right. But not an 89X thing. Right. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, uh, anything else about these guys? God. No. I'm done, yeah. <laughs> we said too yeah. many, I mean, uh, everything on, on the album is just like nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. I, I would love if if anybody hears something on this album and is like actually like this this speaks to me. I would love to hear it. Like, please tell me what is the appeal of any of the other ten songs on this album beyond the way and out of my head and and fire escape. Um, like the the rest of it is just nothing to me. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm open to hearing. You mean um, it's just anything. your opinion that you're expressing? <sighs> I guess, I guess. <laughs> but I like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I would want to hear, uh, somebody yeah. convince me otherwise is what I'm trying to say. Let's go to the charts. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. All right. Mainstream rock chart. We start off with Without You by Van Halen. Uh, a great song, as we discussed last week. <laughs> yep. We go to Blue on Black by Kenny Wayne Shepherd, which I assume Travis is going to defend in some way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, fuck you. Second of all, it's not that bad. Third of all, did you guys even own the album Trouble Is by Kenny Wayne Shepherd? <laughs> I had never no. heard of this guy before. Did you guys even own two Kenny Wayne Shepherd CDs? Do you even no. Kenny Wayne Shepherd? <laughs> Bro? <laughs> because I definitely did, and I I went hard for Kenny Wayne Shepherd as a teenager, which explains a lot about my social weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> I like seriously had never heard of this guy. I was, really? Yeah, no, this is totally out of my, my realm of... He's a blues prodigy, Quillen. Apparently. Yeah, so he had an album before this called Lead Better Heights, and he had a hit single called Deja Voodoo mm. um, that really rocked. Um, he was like, you know, it was like Stevie Ray Vaughan. 
Okay. Like that was his thing. He was being like a Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of like, I think he might've covered little wing by Hendrix. Um, and then, yeah, trouble is, uh, got a little more uh, folksier, a little more uh, a Southern kind of angle to it. Um, yeah, I really liked it. And, uh, I've tried, you know, very recently I was like trying to find the deepest part of my, nostalgia pit and it's probably kenny wayne shepherd and i think i tried to uh listen to this album again and i was like uh it's eh, not really happening but um is kenny wayne shepherd i haven't given to up. you what <clears throat> eric johnson might be to me maybe perhaps um perhaps the, the, yes the doverman himself yeah. the cliff of doverson yeah, the, he was. I think he was probably part of the G three tour. Uh, did you like Johnny Lang? No, I, no idea. God. Well, uh, tune into my podcast about the blue, like teenage blues guitarists. <laughs> Tell me all your blues on Pod. Um, something like that. Teen, uh, teen me all your blues on Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have anything good to say about it. It's, it, you know, whatever. I, I, I feel very nostalgic about blue and black. Yes. Speaking of the blues, uh, the mainstream rock chart next goes to most high by Jimmy page and Robert plant. And I definitely checked this out yesterday. Where did you find and- it? Uh, I watched a YouTube okay, video okay. of the music video. I was unwilling to go that far. <laughs> it had a strong uh, Middle Eastern flavor, oh, yeah. which made me wonder if there was maybe a little uh, secret Samadhi influence. Mm. On, uh, you mean like <laughs> you mean like Kashmir or like <laughs> Dancing Days or like any of the Eastern influences from Zeppelin that probably live had taken from no i was thinking that maybe they'd listen to like lakini's juice or (laughs) um gas head goes west (laughs) okay okay good just checking yeah yeah so it was good um it was perfectly fine really all right yeah it's perfectly fine what what album was this on don't know no album okay it wasn't like a it wasn't like no quarter right they had done like a i want to say that it was maybe did they do a couple of numbered albums or am i thinking of uh am i thinking of the the van halen record that i was so excited about (laughs) two weeks ago yeah it was on led zeppelin (laughs) four <laughs> then what happens after the song? Uh, then it I... goes back to uh, "Blue on Black" by Kenny Wayne Shepherd yeah. Band. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Kenny Wayne Shepherd was good. My, he must have been if it <laughs> if it came back around to him. He must have been incredible. Yeah, better <laughs> better than Zeppelin. Clearly, right. Right. <laughs> right. People got sick of that Jimmy Page <laughs> rubber plant bullshit. <laughs> Um, pop number one, we go from All My Life to Casey and JoJo to Too Close by Next. I, I confess oh, I yeah. didn't listen to it. I don't remember. What? It. You good. don't remember that? It was good. Oh, it's good. 
It's good. It's definitely a Trav song for sure. Yeah. Definitely a Trav song. Horny as hell. I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now. Hmm. Yeah. Come on. Dance for me, baby. <laughs> uh oh. You feel like? All right. Come on. Don't stop now. You done did it. Come on. Uh. Yeah. All right. And then it goes to my all. Horny by but corny. Carey. Horny but corny. Horny right? but corny. Yes. Yeah. Horny. I would corny. say my all is also horny but corny. Uh, maybe the, I don't know. Maybe the 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 content of the song is not horny, but it's definitely a sexy song, and it's a very sexy music video. Oh. Oh. I didn't. I well. didn't like this song. My all. No, it's not. It's not a favorite of mine. It's not. Uh, not even uh, in my probably my top thirty, three or four songs on Rainbow. Wow. Yeah. Is it like your thirtieth favorite Mariah Carey song? <laughs> um, it could be. It's possible. Cool. I'll have to make a list. Uh, then we've got the modern rock chart. Quillen, you love the charts. What's your favorite song on this list of 40? Oh, oh God. Uh, I don't know that I would be able to say that. I will say. No, you have to. No, I'm asking you, what is your favorite song on this list of 40? Okay, well, I'll bring And up- why is it Beautiful Disaster by 311? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might be my second favorite song. <laughs> no, no. It's my third. Third, no, it's my you. fourth favorite. <laughs> I like clumsy more. Your fourth favorite—that's such a good answer. I like uh, I like clumsy more. I like uh, I like um, given to fly more. Obviously, of course, yes. Um, oh shit, that might be my third favorite. Yeah. Uh. Did you guys ever like Shimmer by... Uh, oh, no, Karma Police was on there. I like Karma Police more than Beautiful yeah, Disaster. Yeah. Okay, um, all right. Oh, and Losing a Whole Year. Losing a Whole Year yeah. is fantastic, obviously. Yeah. Come yeah. On. We've, talked, we've talked about so it a great. lot. It's Oh, yeah, it's probably new to the chart for us at this point. Um, you know, I, I want to say... just incredible, right? Quick second. Um, since we've done the Third Eye Blind mega... Megasode. Uh, I've really started to include that album in like my favorite albums of all time. Like favorite, I don't know, 30, 40 yeah, it, albums ever. Yeah. That sounds, it's it's sounds so, right to me. yeah, yeah. It was a I, similar... I, I just never knew that before this experience. So it's really cool to um, have really gained something from this podcast. Yeah. I, it was a similar thing. Um, for me, uh, that no code, what, like the same kind of thing yeah. that happened for me with no code. I was more familiar with the third eye blind album. No code. I like didn't know anything off of. Um, and I got pretty obsessed with that album and yeah, pretty much the same thing happened with, with the third eye blind album. Um, what's, uh, what's up with this Jerry Cantrell solo? Oh God. Uh, yeah. Did rips. you check it's... it out? Is it? Yeah. Good? I love it. <laughs> I I wanted to like it so much, but it was so corny. 
Yeah, no, you're you're both right. Um, Alec and not knowing it, and Quilladin saying it's corny, and me saying it rips. It's all of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's not good, quote unquote. I don't know. The melody's kind of. I mean, it's like. You have to be predisposed to Alice in Chains to really enjoy it. For sure, that's what it is. For sure, and I think that that okay that definitely helped. And I do that that definitely helped. And and our Alice doing the Alice in Chains special helped deepen my appreciation of of them, uh, a band that I already appreciated. But yeah, yeah. Boggy Depot. (laughs) Did did you guys? (laughs) What an album title. Uh, did you guys like uh? Boggy Zog Bog Bean Depot. <laughs> Zog Bean Depot. Well, can you imagine spending two years on writing a bunch of albums or writing a bunch of songs and just being like, like meticulously like tweaking them and making sure that it's perfect and then being like, okay, the album is called Boggy Depot. <laughs> I love it. I two years nice. of your life. To release yeah. something called Boggy Depot. <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry. Uh, um, my my hero by Foo Fighters is on here, yeah. and this is the birth of. This is kind of the ultimate of what I call the wounded quarterback brand of masculinity. <laughs> that's gonna come to be oh my dominate God. alternative rock. It's the stained vocal template and uh, the Nickelback vocal template and so much that comes after. It's a vulnerability that is 100% not gay, bro. It's like a, it's like a way of, of being like, oh, man, I'm so wounded and I'm so vulnerable, but I'm like straight as an arrow. So. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Alec, you nailed that. I when I was a kid, I loved my hero. It was just like a, a radio emo song. Yeah, I liked it, it and yeah, I it really was. liked it. And yeah, I mean, I can't take it seriously now. And you're like, I will never forget your assessment of it right there. It is one hundred percent spot on. Was that on uh, Varsity Blues? I think it was. Mm. Yeah, that's probably what's making me think of the uh, yeah. Wounded quarterback. That's so thing. good. That's that's really, <laughs> really appropriate. Um, I love you, bro. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Does Shimmer fit in there? Do you do you like Shimmer by Fuel? I yeah, I do. But yeah, that's it's getting into that same territory. Shimmer is like um, borderline tonic rock too. But yeah, um, for sure. I kind of I kind of yeah. like Shimmer though. Those chords. When yes, I was when yes, I was a kid, I was like, those chords it's are the chords. really good. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's the guitar chords. Like for sure. It, 
it's a shit song. Like it's terrible. But like when I was a kid and I heard that for the first time, I remember hearing those chords and being like, "Ooh." Yeah, this, I mean, it's still I, I still have like room in my nostalgic heart for it right now. Like, really? I, I was. Pretty, oh, I do. I do. I was pretty surprised revisiting it that like, oh, I actually still kind of like this. It's it's pretty okay. Yeah. It's it's because of the chords. I love that. Thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I mean, there's so there's always so much on these lists that I feel that way about. Um, I feel like I don't hold back too much usually, but. Yeah. Um, well, you should be embarrassed to like uh, Shimmer <laughs> by Fuel. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> and I really like that you were just like, yeah, no, it's good. Well, and and it allowed me to be like, yeah, I I, I liked this too. I'm not embarrassed, um, but I'm not I, embarrassed. I, I, I'm being, I I'm know. speaking my truth. <laughs> I'm speaking my truth. Okay. Uh, did you guys like Wishlist <laughs> by by Pearl Jam? Did you? Well, duh. You did. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like that song. Really? You I, don't like that song? Like no, I didn't like that song. Fucking listen. Oh. okay okay but yeah it sounds pretty good to me now like i'm in that i'm in a pearl jam headspace like yeah i fucking should listen to that album i still haven't i should do that yeah there's a song called low light on that album it's an album track that i think is a real highlight i i believe you and i will check it out one day i just yeah yeah they pearl jam kind of rules um, uh, I like kinda. Push It by Garbage a lot. That's brand new yeah, this week. Yeah, I forgot about mm. that song. Yeah, it rocks. I bought the single, and <laughs> there was a cover of 13 by Big Star on it. Oh, that wow. That was also my first exposure to the song 13 by Big Star, and I liked it a lot. Hey. And also, Flagpole Sitta is here yeah, for the there first it is. time, yeah. which is uh, wow. also great. There's a couple things that pop up. Uh, We'll be, Iris by Goo Goo Dolls is here. We'll be talking about it. I, you know, we mm-hmm. don't need to talk about it. Um, uh, shit, man, my glasses. Uh, Jute Suit Riot <laughs> by Cherry Pop and Daddies is here. Uh-huh. The Swing Revival is here. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, so. Uh, Mono, Life and Mono. Did you guys remember that song? Kind of like trip hop. Um, I guess kind of like sneaker pimps sounding a little bit. No, absolutely okay. not. In it, fact, there are probably more songs on this list than I've that that I've never heard before. Really, than any other the, week. Really, this life in mono song I definitely remember hearing on eighty nine X. Um. Uh, the main thing that uh. The main two things that I wanted to mention was the urge. Jump right in. Does that ring a bell for anybody? No. Okay. No. That was a song that I, I definitely liked in middle school. It's like, I'm pretty sure that one of the songs on that album features either Nick Hexum or the other guy from 311. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, high-pitched snare drum, reggae rock. Um, this song has horns. So it's like borderline ska, but um, it totally a thing that like I was just primed for when I was in eighth grade. Um, it does not hold up so well. Um, the musicianship is good. The guitar playing is great. The drumming's awesome, but um, yeah. Uh, and then the other song I wanted. Well, there's a special song on this chart, which is crazy. 
it's you by the specials um yeah they like reunited in the 90s and came out with like like vaguely third wave sounding two-tone ska um I I hmm. I was I had not listened to it when I was a kid. It, it sounded pretty good. I I listened to it the other night and it, it actually sounded pretty pretty cool. Um, anyways, the main thing I wanted to draw our attention to is "Don't Drink the Water" by Dave Matthews Band. Did you, as fellow, or, you know, like, Dave, uh... Boys. Well, I mean, like, we're all interested in Dave, right? Dave, boys. Like, I think we have Dave, Dave Jason. maybe varying levels of... Uh, I loved it. You, I, you loved I it? I loved the song, I too. loved it. And, uh, and, and uh, when I went to see Dave at uh, Palace of Auburn Hills, he opened with it. Oh, hell yeah. When did you see... When was that? That was in May 1999. Yeah. 19, no, 1998. So this song is like pretty whatever. Like it's like seven minutes long or something like that. And it's like uh, just kind of like repetitive. Um, Alanis Morissette singing in the background, right? Yep. Yep. And, you know, the ending is kind of weird and. It's like uh, Carter Carter Buford's not really doing much drum wise. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Just kind of riding a groove. It's like it, it is. It's different for a Dave Matthews band song, right? Like yes, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I I really liked it when I was a kid, and uh, I don't know how I feel about it now. I probably don't love it, but um, I like the idea of it. I like uh, don't drink the water. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's some silly stuff happening. Um, ratings. I'm going to give it 2.5 best of Microsoft entertainment packs. (laughs) Cool. Best of micro, best of Microsoft entertainment packs. Yeah. That's what, uh, if you were listening to me talking, that's what chips challenge the (laughs) computer game. Right. Right. Was part of that collection of Microsoft software. Yeah. Got it. This was a great episode to talk about uh, things that were not related to fastball. I give it to, I give this the song the way two point five um, cars driving off a cliff. Two point five for you. Um. Hmm. 
I'm I'm actually gonna give it three. Three units of pain bought. Um, <laughs> okay. Bought by money, right? Is that the album title? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Three units of pain bought by money. Which is actually all the pain that money can buy. <laughs> three, <laughs> three units. Three that units. kind of caps at that. So, I, yeah, that I mean, I, I, yeah. three, I, I give this song a three. I, I think this song is about as fine as Sex and Candy. If I were to rate this album, it would be like a two or something like that. Like uh, the opposite. Yeah, of, maybe worse. Uh, may, maybe worse than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 But I think this song is like middle of the road, like just above mediocre like it's it's not bad it's pretty good but mm-hmm. just don't i don't and ever think uh about it. not nirvana wannabe i mean is it a toad wannabe is it a uh soul asylum wannabe anything that it's a uh, super drag into... wannabe i feel it's a okay. phantom planet wannabe it's like all of these weird sort of like like power pop revivalist sort of things that were happening yeah. around this time. It's weird. And I don't know. It doesn't fit in with anything. Well, we'll leave it at that. Tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the off shelf family head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. Uh, you can communicate with us via our Facebook group. Tell me all your thoughts on tell me all your thoughts on pod. And we do uh, occasionally, uh, meaning every couple of years, check thoughts on pod at gmail.com. We'll get better at it one of these days. Yeah, you can listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. And uh, next week, I was thinking that we could change our plans a little bit. Um, Maybe we could cancel our episode about opening oregano by Super Inaudible. And maybe we could instead do an episode on closing time by Semisonic. Sure, sounds sounds great, Al. Okay. Okay, we'll see you then.